This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello Church, it's so great uh, to be able to worship the Lord together. And isn't it true what James said? Uh, that grace that we find with God, uh, that is so important. So let me pray for us as we just remain in the attitude of worship. Father, we want to thank you today, Lord, that your mercies are new every day. Thank you, Lord, that you are full of grace and mercy towards us, your people. And we boldly approach your throne room today. Thank you that we can worship you freely. And that we can be called children of God. Not slaves, not orphans, but children of the Most High God. We just bless you, Lord, for the cross of Jesus that makes provision for us, Lord, to stand before you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, it's so exciting today. We have the same sermon for the morning and the evening services. And uh, it's going to be quite a a challenging... uh, sort of almost picture that I want to draw and it's almost like uh, that of a courtroom uh, the courtroom of life the courtroom of eternity and the theme or the topic is guilty as charged you know um, we as a church and as the body of Christ there's a lot of people that are beginning just to be neutral or passive but I want to open up with this statement that even online church is not church uh, there's there's some things that define church uh, and uh, it starts in our relationship with God. Uh, it starts in having a freedom to have a relationship with each other. So I want to start reading in Hebrews chapter 4. You know, if you know the book of Hebrews, we don't know really who the writer was. But Hebrews has got a lot of themes and topics running through it. A lot of that concerning the sacrificial system. A lot of that concerning the priestly order. Uh, the blood that speaks. There, there are beautiful pictures that has been drawn in the book of Hebrews. So Hebrews chapter 4 starts by a challenge to enter into God's rest. Now when we think of the term rest, it's not an absence of doing things. It's actually a place, that position to be in God's will. So let's read from verse 11, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. It's talking about the Old Covenant in the Old Testament where many of the Jews missed God. And it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So it talks about entering into the rest of God. That's what the chapter is about. And then it talks about the word that even cuts between soul and spirit. And that's what the word does, you know. (laughs) Some people say, no, no, the word should just always encourage me. No, it, it, it should also separate that which is soulish, that is which is from the Spirit. And then a scripture we read last week uh, that I really love from verse 14, it goes on. It talks about entering into the rest, the Word of God. And then it says, hey, we are open before God. God knows everything and He discerns the intent of our heart. But in verse 14 then, it says, Seeing that then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's the verse I quoted last week. But he says here, we have a high priest. We have somebody in the heavens that are making intercession for us. His name is Jesus. And he's passed through. And he says, because of that, because of this position that we have, this place of rest before God, in God, it simply means that hey, we can now hold fast to our confession. Don't lose your confession. Don't lose that which God has given in your life. Because he says, hey, whatever you're going through, whatever temptation, whatever challenge you're going through, we have a high priest. And he says, we, we, he was tempted just as we are. You know, the one thing that I've realized is that one day, not one person will be able to t say to God, God, you could not identify, I could not identify with you. God, whatever's come across my path is, is tougher than what, what you can imagine. Because the Bible says, God went through that temptation in a much greater way. So he can sympathize and empathize with us. God is not a wrathful God up there that just wants to judge us. God is a, an amazing, loving Father. So looking at this courtroom of life, you know, He will be the judge one day. And He will sit there, but compassionate. His motivation is love. Yes, His character is holy, but His motivation is love. And that's why it says, hey, we can approach the throne room of Christ. So when we enter into the throne room of God, what do, we, what do we think? What do we expect? He says, we will find a help in time of need. And that is so important to know. Maybe you are needy today. You will find grace. Grace is an enablement to enter into the rest of God. You know, and there's a lot of things. And this is what I'm talking about today. Guilty as charged. Meaning that sometimes in the courtroom or in the throne room of God, there's a lot of voices that speaks to us. There's a lot of things that may minister to you today and to me. And it's so important that we look at what God says and that we enter into that place of freedom. You know, the throne room of grace. And that's beautiful when you and I start to talk about who God is. But there's also another voice in Zechariah 3 verse 1 to 2. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Zechariah talks about this thing of Joshua the high priest. He had filthy garments on and the angel was there and we see this beautiful picture. But in the middle of that, there's somebody that appears. He's called the accuser. The one Satan who is the accuser of the brethren. We find the same thing in Revelation chapter 10 verse, Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 to 11. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. But they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we see uh, this picture in the throne room of God. As you want to approach, there's accusation that comes. And the result or the fruit of accusation is always guilt, shame, isolation, lying. We believe lies over our lives. And so... The Bible says in Revelation that he has been cast down. He's been overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But he accuses day and night. 
And you know, when we align ourselves, and that's what scripture also says, sometimes people, you know, have been taken captive by the devil to do his work. And what is that? How can you be captive by the devil? Well, simply if you start to believe the lies of the devil. Simply if you start to say, no, no, there's not a throne room of Christ. Maybe God is not for me. Maybe God doesn't want to show me his goodness. Maybe God is just this God of wrath that wants to punish me and punish the world. Why this? What if, you know? Oh, there's many times in my life when I had to struggle through the what ifs, you know? What if this is going to happen? What if that? And when fear comes in and grips your life, and that's where the accuser comes in. And that's why we have to take the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Because that accuser throws his thoughts, he throws his lies upon us. And so we need to know that there's a freedom when you and I can come to God and we realize, like, sure, when I stand before him, there is somebody else. There's another witness, you know. So in the throne room of God, there's some witnesses. Um, and, and, and this may be, seem a bit abstract because it's something that we don't speak about often. Uh, and, and the church, especially the charismatic church, has it's almost lost the value of the blood of Jesus and the, the consecration and the beauty of what happens in the heavenlies. Because Hebrews talks about this a lot. He says that Jesus, as the great high priest went into the heavens and he sprinkled the mercy seat before God with his own blood. So Jesus became the perfect sacrifice, but he's also the perfect high priest. And so listen to this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25, where we get this thought of the blood that speaks. Because there's a couple of witnesses. When, when you come and you want to approach God, you want to boldly come into the throne room of God, you want to approach that throne room of Christ, then do you know what? There's going to be the accuser. He's going to say to you, no, no. But then there's also the flesh. That's another voice that speaks to us. Oh, you know, no, God is not for us. You're never going to make it. But there's another witness, and that is the blood that speaks. Listen to this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So the, the picture that he says here is that, hey, we come through the blood of Jesus. And like I said, it may sound a bit abstract, but that's a new and a living way. Because what happens if you and I understand the value of the blood of Jesus, it sprinkles our conscience. Now, sometimes we have an overactive conscience. Sometimes, you know, um, like with, we see with Jesus, how he confronted the Pharisees and the Sadducees so many times. You know, it's always like, am I good enough? Am I, am I doing enough? Am I performing enough? Am I striving enough? There's, there's so many challenges and your conscience is almost like a referee, you know. But that's why the Bible says the blood sprinkles our conscience and we can draw near to God with full assurance of faith. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. And says, verse 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Again, the same principle, and we see that a lot in Hebrews. He says, let us hold fast onto the confession of our faith. Don't let your faith go shipwreck in this time. <laughs> hold fast to the confession of your faith. Because there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of things that come, and even against the church, even against you approaching God, the devil hates it when you and I boldly come and we understand the 
testimony and the witness of the blood of Jesus. That's why it says that previous scripture, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Because there's another, there's another voice. It's your testimony. It's what God has done. You know, when I go through tough times, <laughs> I have like the booklet and sometimes I just read through the testimonies God has done. I remind myself of what God has done. I, I, I sort of speak it out loud. I speak the promises of God. Why? Because hey, sometimes my own own conscience and my you know wants to condemn, wants to make me feel guilty and I feel like wow, I'm I'm just in shame. And what is what is shame? Shame is when you taking another identity on yourself. The lies that the devil says, that says you are devalued. You cannot have the value that Christ has placed on you. The standard, the value of God, is you're not good enough for that. And, and we are we're bugged in our conscience many times. And that's why we need a revelation of the blood of Jesus. That's why we need that freedom to be able to say to the accuser, No, I'm not going to believe. And so in verse 23 it says, Let us hold fast. It's like you have to grip it. If I grip this thing, I hold fast as if my life depends on it. You know, I had this um, friend and we went skiing, you know, and he, he couldn't ski very well. But that's now when you get a boat and you have a rope behind it and now you're skiing. And, and, and he was just determined. He was determined, you know, <clears throat> and so you have this rope, which is about 25 meters long, and um, and so we dragged him, it was quite a powerful boat, you know, and then he would hang on to that rope for life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> eventually the rope would go under the water, you would not see anything of, of him, you know, he was, he was completely gone, you just see this, like, heap of water pushing or pulling behind the boat, but hey... Andre used to hold onto that rope, and that's that's a, such a beautiful picture, you know, where that the Hebrew writer says, "Hold on to your confession. Don't neglect your salvation. Don't let your faith be shipwrecked in this time, because this is really the time for the church to arise." And the devil is lying and saying, "No." you know he says no no you can't why can you why are you because you must focus just on yourself now listen to verse 24 and this is this is where i want to sort of be a bit stronger with us it says and let us consider one another it says so he says god is faithful hold on to the promise and he says let us consider one another this is hebrews 10 verse 24 and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, the past couple of weeks, the first three or four weeks of the lockdown, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, let's go for it. But the past two weeks, there's been a lot of people that's been traumatized. There's been a lot of people that are emotionally drained. There's a lot of people whose consciences are just like going wild and they're feeling worthless and ashamed. There's a lot of old stuff that's popping up. Relationships are under strain. And so one of the things that the church does, and this is where I'm going to say it straight. Church is not for consumerism. You know, online church is great and it's a temporary thing. But this is not church church is to disciple and to reach people and to have fellowship and that's why it says in the context of us holding fast to our confession we need each other we need to gather we need to come together why because what happens when you are with other believers you are stirred up to good works somebody else's testimony re reminds you of yeah, what god is doing in your life and so in this process of of 
actually coming together and this is what it says Let, let's not neglect forsaking the assembling of ourselves together but exhorting one another so much more yeah let us consider one another to stir up we need people around us to stir up love and good works and so we must pray and say god we need to gather because church isn't about an event but when the church and the people of God gathers, something supernatural happens. Our conscience is cleared. We hear the testimonies of other people. People pray for us. We encourage each other. We stir each other up. You know, stirring up is almost like fanning the flame. It's like taking a fire and you put more wood on it, you know. And that's why you need to surround yourself with godly people. You need to surround yourself with people that can stir you up, that sometimes can put a bit of pressure on you to follow God. Christianity is not a lonely race. It's not just you and your Bible and Jesus. Because why? When you approach the throne room of God, hey, you need to run the race with a cloud of witnesses around you. They can't run the race for you. You have to run by yourself. Yeah? But there's a cloud of witnesses. And this is what he writes in Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. And he, it's in the context of faith. It's in the context of these great men and women of God that have run before us. And so don't neglect that. Don't say to yourself, oh, okay, okay, sure. Um, and I'm not saying this because I'm the pastor and I want people to gather. No, no, we've got enough stuff to do. But you must know the spiritual challenges that we're in. The witness, the voice of the church cannot be silenced in this time and that's why you need to connect with other people that's why we need to pray and say lord hey let's not neglect the gathering of the saints because something happens when we come together the blood speaks the witness of christ the fullness of christ the 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 worship uh, something happens in our own conscience so let's quiet the voice of the accuser let's value the blood of Jesus because it speaks and also the testimony of others and then listen to this there's another voice in the throne room of God it's the advocate 1 John 2 verse 1 my little children these things I write to you so that you may not sin and if anyone sins we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous one wow when the devil accuses says father look at him father look at him you 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 should judge him. <laughs> There's an advocate. Somebody is pleading for your case. Somebody is pleading for the case of the world. And his name is Jesus. He's the advocate. He's the great high priest. He's the mediator of the new covenant. And Hebrews talks so beautiful about this. Whenever there's accusation and condemnation. And I, at the end I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for us that we'll have a clear conscience before God in this time. But also that the voice of the church will be heard. And so... And so there's this classic example of one of the oldest books in the Bible, and that's the person called Job. Listen to this in Job chapter 2 verse 1 to 6. Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. Again, Satan has got access. He doesn't live there, but he's got access to the throne room of God. And he also presents himself. He presents a case before God because he accuses you day and night. He accuses me, he accuses the church. He says, the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. 
This is what the devil does. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Remember, God comes to give life and life in abundance, but the devil, he's got one plan with your life. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And this is what he wanted to do with Job. So God says, hey, you wanted to incite me. You accused Job, you know, <laughs> before me. But listen to this in Job chapter 2, verse 9. Even his wife came to him and said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity, Job? Curse God and die. Sure. Curse God and die. The devil wants us to curse God. The devil wants us not to believe God. The devil wants us not to hold fast onto our confession and to know that God is faithful. And so that is the challenge, you know. And that is the challenge. So you have to hold on. And so with Job, Job went through terrible times. Job feared so many things. And the Bible says those were the things that actually happened to him. Fear came into his heart. Don't allow fear and accusation to take control of your life. And so yeah, even his own wife said to him, just, just leave it, Job. Just walk away from your calling, from your purpose, from what God has said. Just, just leave it. Curse God. But you know, that's what the devil wants. The devil wants us in our hearts. Not to trust God and hold on to His faithfulness. The devil wants us to say, Ah, oh, the church is over with, finished with you. There's no way out. I've been there many times in my life where even good people, nice Christians, would come and say, Ikabot, God has written it out. There is no way for you. <laughs> but I love what Stephen Lungo, a good friend, says, and a spiritual mentor to me, he says, God has the final word. You know, that's what he said when his wife died. <laughs> And they were on the phone and the doctor came out and said, your wife is dead, Mr. Lungu. He says, doctor, you don't have the last say. God has got the final say. And this is what Job said. But something changed in Job's heart. Job 42 verse 10, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You know, Job had a choice. Curse God, curse his friends, walk away. Or he started to pray. Job, and you can look in the next slide, trusted God. He surrendered even if he did not understand. He walked away from accusation. He, that accusation was against God, against others around him, and against self. Oh, that self-accusation that the devil brings. He lived by faith. He saw redemption through his pain. Are you seeing redemption through this lockdown time? Are you seeing through, wow, God is going to make a way. He did not curse God or people and he prayed for his friends. I want to encourage you. It's time to pray, church. It's time to pray for the lost. It's time not to be self-focused because that accusation and your conscience will bug you if you don't understand the value of the blood of Jesus. And if you don't know, there's an advocate with the Father. And so I'm going to pray that the fear and the accusation will stop, but that you'll start to prophesy, start to speak over your life, start to speak over your family, start to speak over our nation. Because the church cannot be silent in this time. We need to stir each other up for good works. We need to hold on to our confession. Just like that skier behind the boat, you know. Don't let go of the promises of God. There are a lot of people that are just neutral at this moment. Passive and listening to, to, to too much news and all the negativity and the talk. And we have to be realists, yes. But are we living by faith? Because if the Son of Man comes back, will He find faith in the earth? And I want, I want to pray for us for that. But especially that we'll just value again the blood of Jesus. If you have time, you know, take communion with your family this week. And say, God, we are under the blood. 
Lord, there's a witness in heaven. And we refuse the accuser of the brethren. We refuse our conscience that bugs us. We walk away from shame, guilt, isolation, and the lies of the devil. And let's walk into the promises of God. Let, let's say, you know, <laughs> because David saw that when he looked at the mountains, like this mountain behind me, he says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. He's faithful. Just look at these beautiful mountains. It's amazing because God is faithful. So now I want to pray for us today. And then at the end, maybe you don't know Jesus. You're not living fully for him. Also pray a prayer of recommitment. But let me just pray in response so that we can boldly approach the throne room of Christ. We can boldly stand before God and say, yes, there's an advocate, there's a mediator. Father, so this day here in June 2020, I pray, God, for your freedom in our lives. And I pray, Father, especially for those whose voices has grown silent to speak. Lord, where there's other witnesses, other accusing thoughts in so many people's lives. Fear confusion, guilt, shame, many, Lord, that are struggling with heaviness and depression. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you that your blood has made provision so that we can break every stronghold, every lie, every fear. Be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, as I'm praying, thank you for an authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy, and by no means will they hurt us. Lord, Thank you for your blood that gives us clean con a clean conscience again to worship you, to be innocent, Lord, to be childlike before you. Father, I pray for those who are so even doubting their salvation, those who have lost the way, Lord, those who have said, Lord, they're confused about their calling and your voice and your will. But thank you today, Lord. Today is the day of salvation and we bless you, Father. So let me just pray for those if you don't know Jesus or maybe you've lost that fire in your heart for him. What an opportunity today to agree. So will you just pray after me if you want to make a recommitment to him. Lord Jesus, I thank you. It's a simple prayer, but it's my heart that I want to give to you today. I confess that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I repent and turn back to you. Come and save me, Lord, a lost soul. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the cross. That gives me access into the throne room of God. Thank you for your grace that is sufficient. I receive your forgiveness. I confess your lordship over my life. Heal me, save me, deliver me, and make me a disciple so that I can follow you and live for you for the rest of my life. Here I am, Lord. Take everything. Take all of me and give me all of you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sing.